Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Chelsea Podcast. It's me, Andy Saunders, again. No Kerry Levy, no Phil Daniels, but two titans of the English football press. To my right, Mr. Gary Hayes of Bleacher Report. Hello. And to my left, his deadly rival from ESPN uh, Football, Nizar Kinsella. How are you? Uh, Goal.com. <laughs> <laughs> are you Goal.com? Yeah. It's, you're not Liam, ESPN? it's Liam, who's Liam. ESPN. Oh, yeah. yeah well, you I'm all look good. the same. Wow. I'll t- I'll t- They're all trying events. to model my look. You're all beardy, sort of, you know, slightly L- Liam out. isn't, actually, because Liam only grows a bit of bum fluff. Yeah. Mm. So he's not a real man. Have you always he's been at Goal.com? virility. Yeah. Well, I've been at the Mirror before that. Been right. on BBC. But That's poor, isn't it? Because we've yeah. had you on loads of times. <laughs> anyway, good well, start. Yes. Um, let's. You're uh, off, off target like Spurs players. Very good. Let's talk uh, about the game that we're going to be discussing in great detail today, which was the uh, game on Saturday, the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley, Chelsea against Spurs. Fantastic Chelsea uh, victory. We saw the team, and I think we all did a little sharp in take a breath, didn't we, Gary? Mm, we laughed. I, I was actually with, with Naz in the, in the press box with Liam. We were chatting about it. And um, it was it was a surprise, and it was funny because uh, Liam and I were were speaking, and then um, we both said the same thing at the same time that maybe he's been influenced by Jose, given what happened at Old Trafford, where everyone laughed at Jose, and obviously he went on to to win the game. So I got in there first and tweeted it out ahead of Liam. But um, obviously, it, it it was a massive risk, but it turned out to be a bit of a masterstroke, didn't it? Because you know, Masterstroke or madness, Naz? Well, Mitchie didn't play all that well, and it's not so hard to drop Diego Costa on current form, is it? So, um, but yeah, it's worked. It's worked out, hasn't it? And See, I've, I've, sorry, sorry, I think it was more about just saying about Batshuayi not playing well. I think it was more about strategy. It was a case of he picked a team to keep Chelsea in the game for the first hour, yeah, and then after that, 
he knew that the last 30 was when Chelsea would win it, and they did. He, he picked Michi uh, Batshuayi, who's played just 518 minutes for Chelsea in all competitions so far. I mean, quite the game to throw him into, isn't it? Yeah, Semi-final well, at Wembley. If you want to talk stats, Naz is the man to talk about, because he wrote an interesting piece about yeah. that as well, actually. Yeah. And he was, he was walking around the press box, spouting him off to anyone who'd <laughs> listen as well. Come on in. Yeah. Hit us. Hit us. Stat us up. Well, if it went to extra time, Michi could have played more minutes in that one game than he has in the, in the league all season. He's only played... Uh, 130 uh yeah 113 minutes in the in the league this season so yeah if it was extra time 120 minutes stayed on the pitch <laughs> it was kind of a crazy start 17 sub appearances in the league and uh, he hadn't started since the 28th of January either does he look like a 30 million pound player no way no I don't think he was very good I got coated off a little bit on Twitter because no, I, 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 I gave him I gave him I gave him a five uh, in my in my ratings, yeah, I, but I mean, I know he gave the little bat flick that Pedro ran onto and then got fouled. But you know, mm. I, I just think he looked way out of his depth, and I think there's a lot of people so desperate for him to do well and so desperate for him to, um, you know, to be the natural successor to Costa and to be a, a proper striker for us. That you know, I'm looking at the performance on the day, not potential, not what I think he can do, and what I think he might be on the day. I think he looks overall and out of his depth. Yeah, but. See, I understand that and I see where you're coming from, but my view on Batshuayi is that he did the job that was asked of him. His job was to work that those, that back three or the back two. But he didn't, though, did he? Uh, he did. I don't I think, think he, he did. did. I disagree. I think he did. What do you think, Nance? Back Andy. me up. I'm with Andy, yeah. yeah no. I, he got I, I think he showed no presence. There was no presence up top. The, the, no. There was. What he did well is that Alderweireld sat on him a lot and what he did well is he sucked Alderweireld out of position a lot and you see that flick for Pedro as well that was class that's only because he came deep hmm. it, does, it doesn't matter he, he did what was required of him as a, a striker it because was a nice flick but you'd, the whole, expect, the whole you'd point expect any elite player to be able to yeah, do okay, that yeah okay but the point is is that the way he was playing there is that his job it sounds a bit silly to say it but his job do you know this or, be, do you know this or do you, or do you, or do you speak no, to no I, I'm looking at my interpretation of it okay. is that his job wasn't to he's, he's the striker so you think well he's meant to be scoring the goals I don't think his job was to be the goal threat on Saturday the goal threat was to, for him to drop deep like he did so that William and Pedro could hit Spurs mm. on the break. And that's what they did time and again. And Moses did it as well against, um, against Son as well. And I think that's what he did really well, where he dropped deep and he brought players out of position that allowed Pedro and William to get in beyond them. And that they didn't do it all the time. And as a striker, you want more from him. But I think for what he did for that first hour, he did everything that I think Conte would have asked of him. And you could see that he wasn't, he wasn't bombing into the box trying to get in there in that way what he was doing was he was playing a game that allowed William and Pedro to be effective and they both were what I didn't see him do was run the channels I didn't think he had any presence I don't think he occupied the back three I really don't think he did I think he did and I don't think that he held the ball up and, and those things, three things for me as a striker are crucial Costa came on in the first five or ten minutes did all those things and I think that you know that, that Michi had you know however long he had on the pitch to impress and I'm not, I'm not down on him. I'm not against him. I think he, you know, I certainly wouldn't sell him. I certainly wouldn't get rid of him because, yeah. you know, we've done that before and look what happened. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think he's shown that, you know, he can play at a top level. I don't think he did it on Saturday. That's my view. You're entitled to your view. I agree with Andy. I think the ball didn't stick to him. Um, I, I think that Conte wasn't too disappointed with what he got. Um, but And also, you've got to say, like, coming in from January, you've not started since January, and uh, that's the only 90 minutes you've completed all season. Coming in to play against Spurs at Wembley, uh, it, it was almost like a 6 out of 10 was always going to be the best performance he could have given. What did you give him out of 10? See, I don't do player well, ratings. Okay, but I, I, but, what, what, but what I agree, give? I would have given him 6 or 7 out of 10 if, okay. if you're going for player ratings. But, right, so 5 was harsh then? 
Yeah, but equally, I understand why you're giving it to him. I mm. think it's fair. But, see, this, this is the point. is I'm not getting carried away. And I think people getting carried away are fans who like you like you said just then have got this desire to really see him do well which is fine and you know he's a young player so you're giving him a bit more you know fans might give him a bit more leeway than they would give I saw Costa. people putting him in the same league as Mbappe no he's not even in no. the same yeah. but different, different player anyway but I, I, I think for the job that he was asked to do that it's Again, you know, like the point you made, it's a valid one. Do I know that for a fact? No, I don't. But I'd see the way that he played, and I don't know where you were sat, but we, I was sat behind the goal. Oh yeah, I, I was sat in the um, the east mid in the east press box, which with is the behind. Fans. The, yeah, with all the spurts. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 horrific. So, well, it's not it's with him, but it's not exactly with him. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but so I was watching it side on. And I've seen him the way he was playing, so I don't know whether I've seen him from a different perspective to you. Well, you know what? That's a good point. That may be, that may be a point. And, yeah. And, and I haven't watched the game in full back. I've See, when, 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 I got like back so. on, when I got back on Saturday night, I was completely buzzing, so I just watched it back again. But I, I just think that the way he played, that it wasn't electric. It wasn't, it wasn't one of those performances where he looked at him and thought, wow, why hasn't he played all season? But I think for the game plan Chelsea had, the game plan that Conte said they had at the end, I think it was a, a strong performance from him. It wasn't, you know groundbreaking and you know a performance that should get Chelsea excited thinking that they've suddenly got this 32 million pound player now but I think it was a positive performance and I think it was a mature performance from him it's okay. not good enough for him though it's not good he needed he needed to maybe show a bit more um you know on the pitch think that you know it's going to be back to normality with Diego Costa playing most games for the rest of the season seven games left Let's move on from Batshuayi and talk about a player who I think really did take his opportunity in Nathan Ake. I thought Nathan Ake was absolutely superb. I think there was only one player ahead of him in terms of man of the match. I think they picked it right with David Luiz. I thought David Luiz was immense, but Nathan Ake ran him a very close second for me. What a performance from a young player that has probably had a lot more experience than we credit him with. You know, all those yeah. games for Bournemouth, for Watford before that. And Reading. You know, and Reading before that. So he's not an inexperienced player uh, at the top level, but to come in in an occasion like that where he mm-hmm. hasn't played very much and look like the real deal, I thought, was, was brilliant. Yeah, he got a bit of criticism for the Kane goal, but I think he, he, you're coming up against Harry Kane, who's one of the best strikers in the world, let alone the Premier League. And it's a nice little bit of movement from Kane to get away from him. And he'd do that to most defenders. A, I didn't give him a huge amount of stick for that personally. No, I, I think there is a criticism to be had there, but at the same time, you're nitpicking. Yeah. You know, you're playing against world class players. Of course, they're mm. going to. You know, catch her out of times. You, you know, every even John Terry would get caught out of times. It, it you know. was more about the cross as well. Anyway, it should have been closed down. Way too much space. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. But I, I think you know, looking at his performance across the across the ninety minutes, I think that it was a very positive display from him, and one that going back to the Man United game questions why he wasn't drafted in instead of instead of Zuma. You know, it was a point that he only got put on the bench because. Um, Zoom out to start and therefore he, he was promoted up from there. So it makes you wonder why Conte hasn't used him more. But I think you know, the Zuma, the, the Zuma thing is height. I think the you know the, the a lot of managers at this level have this kind of obsession with height in the back four in terms of set pieces yeah, and defending. And I think Zuma probably gets the nod on that basis. But then what what that height gives you with Zuma is that he's a calamity with the ball in possession and you, you saw that, the difference. That is harsh. No, it's not calamity. I, 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 I love Zuma and we were saying on. I was chatting to Naz and I say he needs to start more because I really like him and he's my banker in the mix zone after because he's such a lovely guy. But yeah. I think in possession, he's Great lacking. reaction to match his goal, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. as a character and everything, as you know, he's one of those players that will go on to become a cult hero, you know. But I just think that... Why do you think he's calamity with the I don't see that. I know no, I, he panics too much in possession and, you know, like the Wolves game as well, the way they put pressure on him and he was just pinging it out of defence all the time, whereas you saw how much assured Ake was because he's a proper player. Mm. That's, you know, yeah. 
Probably well, he's a as, a, as a defender, as a, as a defender, Zuma's yeah. probably a bit more talented than him because he's got the bulk and everything else. But I think Ake in a back three like that as well, he suits it. Would and you he, put he Ake in ahead of Cahill now? No, not a chance. I know you love Cahill. What about you? Well, I I, I like Cahill too, but I think Ake is the natural. I think it's going to evolve into that. Maybe he'll gradually start to take that place game you, you by game. In as time, a back, a back three player rather than a fullback. Yeah, in in time, yeah, I, I think he is because he's a silky player. In time, you can see him becoming an established player there mm-hmm. but if we're talking the immediate future not a chance Gary Cahill's Chelsea captain if he stays at Chelsea he'll be Chelsea captain next season As Pelicueta was captain on Saturday yeah. thought mm-hmm. he had a, a solid game yeah, yeah he, he did well and it was just one of those standard As Pelicueta performances though wasn't it that mm-hmm. he just gives week in week out it was very very rare that he looks out of sorts and um, Ericsson did make he did make Chelsea uncomfortable though uh, you've got to say that in, in that in that sort of you know, front like that sort of forward role dropping in on Aspie side. Um, I think that I think that Cahill's more of a natural fit to captain. He's more vocal. He's more, mm. you know, he's he's just more. He's got more presence about him in that sort of communication. You're talking sense. about vocal and presence, why don't they give it to Louise? I thought they would. Yeah, I see, but, see, I think with David Louise is that he's one of those players that he's got. You've got to leave him to worry about himself. If he starts wearing that armband, you see what happened to him in the 2014 World Cup that he gets this rush of blood to the head, and it, you know. It, gets the better of him in terms of having responsibility and play because he plays with too much emotion anyway. You know, and I think you start giving him the captaincy, he's not assured enough, I don't think. He's a leader, but maybe maybe you're right, maybe the captain... He's a leader in a different way. He's not a leader yeah. who has that armband because then it becomes something different and it does something to him. Yeah. Man of the match for you? I was I was I was just going to go Kante again. I, I know it's predictable, say boring, I was but um, yeah, he was, I was looking at the sort of some of his stats and he was he was, he was brilliant there again. There was a 20-minute spell in the second yeah. half when... Spurs were really on top and for about mm. five, six, seven minutes that Chelsea couldn't get out of their own half when Kante got found out a bit. But I mm. think that was more just to do with the way Spurs were flooding that area and he couldn't put out all the fires. But I thought I Kante, thought I thought Kante was game. immense and obviously you know, voted PFA Player of the Year last night. Um, yeah. Four Chelsea players in the PFA Premier League Team of the Year. Kante, Hazard, Louise and Cahill. Um, so good night for Chelsea at the PFAs. Mm. But um, I thought Kante was amazing as well, but... I think Luis just had a presence about him and a calming presence and a leadership presence mm. about him that mm. just elevated him slightly for me. Yeah, but if you figure. did it on a yeah. pure, I mean, the fifty, you know, three tackles in fifteen seconds again from Kante is just it's just yeah. out of this world. But but I mean, you look at him and go, yeah. you it just well, how does it work? It doesn't. Yeah, make he just any seems sense. to find himself in those positions. And um, <clears throat> there was a moment where Dembele was trying to get away from him, he couldn't. And in the end, he just had to like nobody throw tackles him up Dembele. And, Dembele's a tank. No, but you know, Kante was just yeah. hassling. Hassling, hassling, yeah. Dembele, he just couldn't get rid of him. I thought Dembele I in the end, he's like, sort of like picked him up and threw him out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. But he, that's, that's what I like about um, Kante is that he's the, the tenacity. He's so tenacious and he's just, he just keeps going and going and going. His stamina is incredible. He's better in forward areas than you give him credit for. He gave Mitchie Batshuayi his best chance. So, uh, if you remember yeah. like, earlier on this yeah. season in one of his press conferences, Conte was saying about how he needs to play. I thought it might have been yeah. after a game actually. He was saying quite early on one of the criticisms that he needs to play better forward mm. he knows you know, and, he, and he's improving that side of his yeah. game yeah today really he said he, today he said he passes uh, you know forward better than he does you know he doesn't pass side yeah. to side as much he's not so risk averse in his mm. passing and you, yeah. you see that game by game that's what Chelsea's giving him yeah absolutely yeah. listen guys let's just take a quick ad break and we'll come back after this 
Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Right, and we're back with the Chelsea, and we are talking Chelsea uh, versus Spurs FA Cup semi-final victory 4-2. We've won the FA Cup seven times in the last 48 years. Are we going to win it again? Yes. Arsenal in the final on the 27th of May. I don't... See, I'll put a tweet out about this. I'm not being you know, obnoxious just to be obnoxious, but that is the perfect game for Chelsea. And... Yeah, you know, I was reading today about Arsenal. Didn't, didn't Spurs think that Chelsea was the perfect game for them after the Man United performance? Yeah, but they're idiots. What I'm saying is, isn't there something about no, the FA Cup that can throw a few? No, it's not because the, the thing is, the, what the difference there is that you're talking about a performance in isolation, whereas I'm talking about a trend with Arsenal and Chelsea in the big, big moments. Ever since Wayne Bridge 2004, Chelsea have had it over them at the big times, and. It's a point I wrote something earlier on this season before we lost 3 0 to them. And my point was that um, Arsenal barometer for where Chelsea are in terms of their development and, and the side because a poor Chelsea will lose to Arsenal, but a strong Chelsea never loses. And, and, you, and you can almost predict how that game's going to go. You, know, you look what happened um, in was it February when we played them now? And we just completely wiped the floor with them. And that's going to happen at Wembley. It's going to be embarrassing. I'm not saying we're going to win 5 6 7 0. But it's going to be an embarrassing one-sided cup tie. Chelsea are going to completely annihilate them. And they're going to do it because Arsenal haven't got the personnel to compete with the way Chelsea play. And that is a Wenger problem. And it's a problem he always has. He had it against Jose. And then when Avram came in, he sort of like, thought like he was getting the better of Chelsea a little bit. And then Carlo came in, did the same. AVB sort of tried to change it. And he, you know, JT slip and they beat us 5-3. Van Persie gets a hat-trick. That was what, October 2011. But since then, you know, until this season, they went, I think it was seven games without scoring against Chelsea. You know, Chelsea have got the edge on them. They're a much more physical team and they're a much more clinical team. And they won that game yesterday against Man City purely because they came up against a team that couldn't play the same way as Chelsea. And the fact that you see Arsenal now trying to play like Chelsea tells you what's going to happen. They're a poor imitation of Chelsea and Chelsea is going to completely annihilate them. And they'll, they'll win the game 2 or 3-0. They'll win it comfortably. Mm. Gary's nailed his uh, colours very firmly to the mask <laughs> yeah. there, Naz. Are you as confident? It's, it's, uh, I mean, I don't agree with the tone, but I sort of agree with the outcome uh, at the end of the day because they've, they've beaten two non-league teams to get into that position. They were quite lucky against Man City. Um, you know, they, they look a bit stronger in that three-man defence that they've they've implemented now, funnily they, enough. They look, the thing is, yeah. right, but, I'm a journalist, okay, and people that read my work will see that I'm not partisan, but on this podcast I can be. Arsenal are a joke. 
Seriously, they are a joke. And yeah. when they come up against Chelsea, I know our sound producer an Arsenal fan, he's biting his lip right now, but Arsenal are a joke. And when they come up against Chelsea, they're going to get a massive reality reality check. You know, I've read Henry Winter's column. I, I like Henry Winter as a journalist. He's a you know really good writer. I read his piece today about the game saying they've finally shown that they're battle-hardened and all the rest of it. Come up against a proper team. Come up against a team with Kante and Matic in the middle, hitting them on, you know, they were 2-1 up yesterday in extra time and they're getting caught on the break against Man City. And they hit the play, woodwork twice, didn't they? And, and, play, play against, and also, Man City had a goal ruled out that shouldn't have been ruled out anyway. Mm. But regardless of you know Man City's problems and you know officiating and all the rest of it, when they come up against a team that can counter properly and is clinical on the counter-attack, mm. they're going to get beaten and they're going to get beaten comfortably. Spurs is a much harder game and Arsene Wenger needs to take, he needs to be like Jose, Jose Mourinho, he needs to take sort of advice from him. I mean, Pochettino could just play the Spurs way and maybe on his day, Spurs could have could have done Chelsea, but, uh, you know, Arsene Wenger won't do it, but he needs to sort of look at nullifying threats like going, you know, man-marking Hazard might be an approach to look but to. But the, the thing that is as well, thing. Like, he see, won't do it though, will he? And, uh, yeah, but he won't do it because he's principled, right? But then mm. on, the, on the flip side of it is Gary Neville and um, I think it was Souness, they, they made the point after the United game and said, um, as Jose found the formula that sees this Chelsea 3-4-3 three, three is beatable and how to play against them. And my point at the time that, again, I tweeted out um, and I said, yeah, that's fine. He probably has. But there's very few managers in the world and there's very few teams in the world that can not only identify it, but actually, you know, um, pounce on it and, and make a point of, you know, attacking a team in a certain way. Yeah. If United, if Arsenal try to play the same way that United did against Chelsea, one, they haven't got the midfielders that, you know, Nobody Coquelin do. against Hazard. They don't have a Herrera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coquelin against Hazard, they'll end up on his arse again. Yeah. They're, not, know, they're not that smart. They're, not, they're just not but, smart. But also enough. as well, they don't mm. have the pace in that side with, with the front. Imagine Giroud sitting on the shoulder of David Luiz. Well, Danny Welbeck could do it, but they D- won't Danny do Welbeck it. hasn't got yeah. the same pace as Rashford. You know, yeah. Danny Welbeck couldn't hit a cow's arse with a band. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I do yeah. like, I really I, do. I do like Yesterday was all over the place. Yeah, but, you know, he's just come back from injury and he hasn't had enough football over the course of the season really to be that effective but Arsenal can't play against Chelsea they can't play against Chelsea well we'll see so what's interesting you make the Arsenal Chelsea point you actually had a chat with an old Arsenal player yesterday uh, Chelsea's own Cesc Fabregas and do you want to tee that up for us yeah I did it was Naz and me actually because um Naz uh, jumped on the back of my, my interview in the oh, mix yeah. zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, we, we just... Um, he never normally stops, but he was clearly happy. And we just... Um, we grabbed him for a few minutes and um, just started off by asking him how it feels to get to another FA Cup final. Yeah, great. Uh, good day. Another another final. Uh, it's not easy. Football nowadays, uh, everyone is very competitive, especially this first side. I think they are very, very strong. And uh, we have to be happy today. Happy, happy day. There was a lot of people surprised by the manager's team selection with Diego and Eden on the bench, and, just, and, and yourself, yeah. But <laughs> that, that performance does that prove you know, how, how good the manager is and how good this squad is as well? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, <clears throat> during the season, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a different season, a special season. I think Chelsea is the first time that is not in Europe for a very long time, and. Uh, Maybe it has been a little bit of an advantage in this case because we didn't have to rotate as much. Uh, and he played a lot with the same team uh, during the season. And, uh, but you see that today, you know, Ake comes in, plays very, very well after, I don't know, he played last time, I don't know, I don't even remember, maybe two months. Mm. But Shuaye the same. 
Uh, Willie didn't play for the last five games. He comes in and he scores two goals. So, you know, to have these kind of players uh, and then when we are struggling at 2-2 in the second half, you can bring, uh, you know, this, this, this type of players. You know, it's, it's, it's fantastic and it worked very well today. It, it wasn't a league game, but given Spurs are chasing you down the league, is this a massive psychological edge for Chelsea? Does this give you the title almost? <clears throat> I, I don't believe so, I'm sorry. Different competitions. Uh, today it's one day that you can go to a final, and then the most important game for us is still Tuesday. Today, of course, you can go into a final. It's a big game, big stadium, all fantastic for the fans, for everyone, but the most important game is Tuesday, and uh, we have to keep it up. Just last question Can you win the double? Well, we are in it, so uh, we can win it. Of course, we can win it, but we will have to work uh, very, very hard for it. It won't be easy. So great stuff. So that's Cesc talking about the double. What do we feel about the chances of the double then? Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously Cesc there makes out that it's going to be a lot harder than it is. But, you know, and we asked him, Naz and I asked him about whether that victory meant that the title was won as well. And, you know, you hear there, he had the, um, the politeness to say he apologises for not agreeing with me. But um, mm-hmm. I think that was the title as well on on, on Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry. It's a different competition, like Seth says, but what that does to Spurs is momentum. It kills it. You know, if, if they had beaten Chelsea, I think it'd be a different different story altogether because they'd feel like they're in, they're in the ascendancy and that they've got in Chelsea's minds because they've beaten Chelsea at a massive stage for the first time in God knows when. You know, you look at when they beat Chelsea 5-3 um, in 2015 on January the 1st and when they played them in the League Cup final, everyone thought that, you know, it was two, two months to the day when it happened and they thought the Spurs might go ahead and do something and Chelsea won the game 2-0 and I think, you know, they beat Chelsea 2-0 last time. Chelsea mm-hmm. turn up, Spurs are in the ascendancy, seven wins in a row. They've clawed back, you know, the, the lead at the top to four points and Chelsea beat them and they don't just beat them, they beat them comfortably. You know, 4-2 is a comfortable win. Well, you say that, but there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, mm-hmm. amongst the mm-hmm. professional pundits and amongst the social media pundits that Tottenham were unlucky, they were the better team, they deserved to win. You know, there was a lot mm-hmm. of talk about out. Mm. Oh, we had 63% possession. Chelsea only had 37% possession. We bossed them. But, you know, you look at those stats and you think, well, hang on a minute, you only had four shots on target. Yeah. We had five shots on target and mm. we scored four of them. Mm. You know, you don't concede four goals and say you're unlucky, yeah. surely. All right, I'm, I'm just conscious I'm talking too much and I know Naz has got a point to make, but I'll just say this one very quickly. I'm going to name drop as I do as well. So at half time, I was chatting with Trevor Nelson about it and we were having a good laugh about... This is a, a superstar DJ, Trevor yeah, Nelson. Yeah, and um, I just bumped into him. We were having a chat about stuff and... Um, I just said to he was really worried. He's a big Chelsea fan, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and Trevor was in the um, he was in the press box because he he'd been giving press tickets for the game and and he couldn't sit. He, when I came out, he was behind the glass watching. I said, like, "Trevor, what are you doing here?" He said, "He goes, I know I can't cheer when I'm in the press seats, so um, I've got to watch here because I'm too tense. You know, I'm too anxious watching this." And then uh, he said, "Why are we playing this way?" And I was just chatting. I said, "Look, the way to play against Spurs, the way they're doing it, and the way they're sat back, and that's why I think stats." They have a purpose, but I think when you start talking about possession against you know Chelsea and all the rest of it, you throw it out the window because the way Chelsea plays, they absorb that pressure and they hit you on the break. And all they do, it's like Jose. Chelsea were a counter-attacking team under Jose, but what did Chelsea do? They soaked it up, soaked it up, and then it, you know on the ropes and they hit you. And that's what this Chelsea side does, and they do it so effectively. And that's what they did against Spurs, you know. And Hazard comes, you know, 
Hazard comes on with Costa and then 10 minutes later um, Fabregas comes on and within 90 seconds of Fabregas being on the pitch it's 3-2 and then so Hazard only scores that one goal and then who gets the assist for Matic? Hazard, you know it was all part of this game plan and Eden Hazard scored five goals against Tottenham in his Chelsea career more than he has against any other yeah. side Yeah, so I don't think you can put it down to luck I think you put down what happened to Chelsea down to strategy okay, you need some luck along the way but it's down to strategy and it's down to what the manager did Sorry Naz, you can strategy, speak Strategy, <laughs> manager well, Chelsea, Chelsea can control the game without having the ball. We've seen it time and time again this season. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. That, they've done it yeah, against all the big teams, really, um, in one game or another. Um, I think that I think that's what happened to Spurs. Spurs, uh, you know, typically didn't take the chances. They did that usual thing where they don't have the experience quite to, you know, be patient in the final third, like. Um, you know, work it wide when they need to. Maybe the sorts of chances they were creating weren't as clear cut as what Chelsea Chelsea carved out, and then you've got the wonder goal chucked in on top of that. Um, so yeah, I think that I think there's a, a question of mentality, but also Chelsea have the mentality to sort of play in that counter attacking way better than anybody. It's mentality, brilliant. I think that's a really interesting word. Do you think it's mentality that's going to get us through these last games and win us the league? Yeah, and that's what it comes down to as well against Arsenal is that it's mentality. You know. These Chelsea players... The most experienced title-winning team in the league, I'd say. Yeah, and, and what it is with them as well is that they, they, their mentality is that they want to play winning football. They mm. want to play football that wins football matches. They're principled, but they've got a different principle to Arsenal. Their principle is winning. Mm. Arsenal's principle is playing pretty football and winning friends along the way but yeah. that doesn't win your trophies and it's the same thing with Spurs is that I really do admire this Spurs side yeah I don't, I don't I really think anybody admire, can I say that they're play. not a great football yeah. and they're a better team than what Arsenal have ever been in this last 10 years because not only do they play good football they play effective football but all that's happened is they met a better team at being more pragmatic than they were on and they don't Saturday. win yeah. Maurizio Pochettino has been managing at the at the top level for eight years now he's won yeah. nothing yeah and I think you know, what, I mean it is about winning football is about winning ultimately it's, it's funny it's funny this is a really important point because I get it all the time like why don't Chelsea have players like Deli Ali, Rashford uh, where are our 19 year olds Tammy Abraham chuck him in a team but you wouldn't have that you don't have the experience is what's carrying these wins off these wins where you don't have possession you play you play players like that they won't have the mentality to win these games even Diego Costa when he doesn't score goals Goals. you know he's 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 putting nice layoffs he's keeping the ball he's um letting people like Hazard shine uh, while he can't really you know while he misses chances like like the the shot against Bournemouth it's it, the experience frustrates people and it means that Chelsea have less youngsters less English youngsters coming through from their academy they it's even harder to make the step up at Chelsea for a young lad but it, it's all about winning and you've got a manager who loves winning you've got a team of really experienced players who are obsessed with winning too um, it's, it's bred throughout the club and you've got an owner who's obsessed with winning as well but what I would say well, about young players about the owner it was the 800th competitive yes. match since Roman Abramovich took over the club in wow. 2003 didn't, mm. didn't, didn't hear that one no. yeah but see, and what, what I would say is just about the young players it's a valid point because um, it's difficult for a 19-year-old, unless they're an ex- exceptional talent, yeah. to come in and really, you know, put a mark on that side. But then what you can... what, And I'm predicting the future. And again, I've got nothing substantial to back it up. It's just my observations. But I think you're going to... When Chelsea players start coming through, the academy players, it's when they're 22, 23. Yeah. And you see it with Ake. How old is Ake now? 21? 23. Is he no, 20, he's he's 22, 23, I think. Yeah. And he's battle-hardened. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's played in relegation yeah. battles. He's played yeah. in mid-table. He's played, you know, he's played for teams that have had to battle. So. Made his mistakes elsewhere and it yeah. took an injury for him to come in. Um, and he, he would have played Cahill in that match if it wasn't for the uh, sickness. And Shaloba's yeah. 22. Yeah. He came in from several loans. It's, it's and just, Sammy Abraham's out yeah. there, you know, in the trench. 
coaches in the and lower divisions. He, yeah, yeah. Who, who was the most frustrating player on the pitch against uh, in that Spurs Chelsea match? It was Deli Ali, even though he scored an incredible goal. Like for well, most it was an of the incredible game, pass. It was. yeah, from an incredible uh, but, pass. But just quickly, yeah. so I just googled it. You know, uh, AK is twenty-two. But I think you start seeing that's when players that are capable of playing the football that Chelsea play because it is intense football. It's, it's football that requires a certain level of maturity and a certain level of, you know, psychological ability, you know, mm. that, that strength to have to, you know, really camp in at times and then hit teams and, and have the ability and the faith to, to know that this is going to work, but also to have the concentration to work. And young players don't always have that. But I think you see with Ake that you think you've got Christensen to come back this summer and he's 21. And then you've got Lewis Baker to come back and he's 23. But they, these are players that are getting ahead of the pack, but it's through age, through maturity. Mm. And I think you're seeing gradually with Loftus-Cheek that these cameos he's making, it's suddenly like the penny's dropping a little bit mm. and he's suddenly looking more mature. So I think Chelsea will get these homegrown players coming through, but they're going to come through at a later date, and, which is why it's, it's a shame when you see that in the past, the, you know, the club have allowed Matic to go when he comes back a better player. And it's like, well, if you just kept him for another two years, you would have saved yourself 20 million. Yeah, mm. but they wouldn't wait. They, they'd rather pay the 20 million premium to have a player who's got 20 million more experience. In, in but the, that's the point. They can do it on loan. They, 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 they can do it on loan, yeah. 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 yeah and it's, it's just about you know, not being trigger happy and just about giving them a little bit more time because they do need that maturity in order to fit into the system Chelsea you, play. But you're going to fail sometimes. I think Chelsea win more than they lose. In the, in well, going back to this idea that, you know, that, that winning is about mentality, Tottenham have now lost their past seven FA Cup semi-finals in a row. Mm. Seven in a row. And they've had a nightmare at Wembley. I mean, you know, yeah, their, their record yeah. at Wembley is appalling. Yeah. You know, Arsenal, uh, you know, we're going to be playing on, on May the 27th. Uh, this is the um, equal uh, seventh FA Cup final in the 21st century. We, 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 well, that's the record that we equal with Arsenal. So, you know, they have a certain amount of, um, you know, winning pedigree, particularly in the FA Cup in recent years. I'm not as bullish as you about Arsenal I, I think we have to go in there not complacent because I think it's a lot of a lot of, confidence. Sp- a lot of Spurs a lot of Spurs fans were obviously complacent yesterday walked mm. in they saw the team you got the tweets you got the text going mm. you might as well go home yeah. and then you know and then things happen um, what was what was it about the, the, the you know the break between the disastrous Man United game and the excellent performance at Wembley what happened during that period that, that kind of turned it around well, one there wasn't an illness in the camp I think that that plays a lot and also the the shock of losing players I know it's not an excuse but you know you you take two players out of a side well you should be able to react fine you should but then at the same time when you've got players that are sick and you've got half a team turning up and you've got a team that's you know determined to to come at you and, and you know catch you out you know it was one of those days against United it was one of those days that every team has where nothing went right even down to the handball it wasn't deliberate but at the same time, it was a handball that was advantageous to United and the goal shouldn't have stood. You know, it was just one of those. Whereas when Chelsea went to Wembley, they had the sense of the occasion. You know, it, it felt right. that they And they were playing against a side. It, this is, you know, goes back to the confidence over Arsenal is that they came up against a side that they just thought, look, we've got you here. You know, and, then, and you, you saw that it went right immediately. I, I was on the train coming in. Again, it's something I tweeted about because I was, I was joking, you know, laughing as I was tweeting it out on the train coming in because where I live is... Tottenham and West Ham territory and the train was just full of Spurs and West Ham fans because West Ham were playing Everton and all these Spurs fans were like oh this young kid was asking his dad what's it going to be like getting home because I want to go out tonight and he said oh don't worry son the tube will be empty because Chelsea would have left by 70 minutes you know we're going to do them today they're done this season and all this and then obviously you, you see I just thought 
that, see, that's complacency because you're doing it based on what's happened in a two-week period. Whereas when I talk about Arsenal and I talk about Spurs, this is, well, for Spurs, it's 20-odd years. For Arsenal, it's 10 years. You know, what Chelsea are doing to them. And that, that's where it comes into it, that the psychological impact that Spurs have got a mental... You know, we spoke to Toby Alderweireld as well, didn't we? Yeah. Full credit to him as well, actually. He spoke to every single journalist, didn't he? Yeah. Even though he was disappointed. And I said to him then, you know, just more tongue-in-cheek, oh, um, you know, have you got a mental block when you come to Wembley? I didn't even finish the question when he jumped in and was like, no, 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 you know, we like playing here. You know, this is our stadium next season. This is what we want to do. I just thought, well, the fact you've jumped in so quick and you're adamant you're going to, you know, turn it down, you know, just shows that they, they have trouble playing on, on a big stage and Wembley gives that to players, you know, they have this sense of playing in a, in a massive occasion. I don't think Spurs have got the appetite for it. I think, Not I think, now, at least. I think it was good. It was a good game for Chelsea to come into after the Man United game because it's a different competition for one, um, you know, and uh, it's a team where they were almost expecting to be the favourites. So coming into it, you're like, it, we could probably get away with a loss if it's not, a, you know, a terrible loss. You don't want to lose, but um, it kind of, it was like a clean slate coming in. We're not playing a league game immediately after. It's not Watford at home where everyone's going to expect us to blow these guys away. It's just you know, come in, no real pressure, but we're going to rip it up and go again. And I think that Nathan Ake did the one thing I've not seen um, a Chelsea player do for a long time is, you know, when there's been an injury, somebody steps in defensively and does the job just as well as the person before. Mm. And that's not happened all season. Chelsea have either played with the exact same lineup or, uh, you know, they've had problems whenever there's somebody has been missing. Could I just add as well, right, in terms of what was the difference between Chelsea, yeah, sorry, Spurs and United, is that also you had... Conte earning his money and Conte proving mm. what a good manager he is by the fact that he changed things and he did it That's true. so dramatically and so unexpected that not only did it shock Spurs because suddenly they're thinking, well, who's picking up Costa? Who's picking up Hazard? You know, these players aren't here. So what, what is the game plan then? Suddenly they're shocked and you know, everything they've been planning for all week goes out the window. Yeah, but it, then, was, it was remarkable the impact the subs made, wasn't it? Because yeah. mm. when they came on in the, I mean, there was double substitution in the 60th minute. Hazard and Costa came on, and almost immediately it changed the game, and we were on the front foot. And certainly for the last, I think, ten minutes, mm. it was all us, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, apart from the free kick from Kane that back spun away from the line, yeah. which was yeah. bizarre. But the game was over. Yeah. It was over, you know. And I think that it, it, we've we've moaned, I think, on this podcast about the lack of depth in our squad. I think we showed a little bit of depth see, more than them because we could bring again, them as well. The I think it's maybe a bit misleading in that there was an element of depth, but it was depth that gets you through one game. Yeah, I think yeah. You start doing that over a season, and you're not going to get the same result. But for one game, and that's the beauty of it, is that what Conte did and what Spurs didn't mm. is he played cup football. And he won playing cup football and Spurs didn't. Spurs tried to play the same way they did in the Champions League and in the Premier League and they came a cropper. Whereas Conte yeah. reacted to what he had in front of him and yeah, like I say, he played cup well, football and I, he won. I think that's the biggest factor, the Conte factor. Other factors would be, you know, Pochettino got massively wrong as well. You're talking about a manager who did brilliantly. Playing Sonnet left back. Sonnet, it was... He, he had to abandon it at half time and it worked when he abandoned it yeah it looks a lot better but you're already 2-1 down at that point and maybe you know all that possession uh, maybe would have come to more they were they were they were 2-1 down because he gave away a terrible penalty when he didn't know what he was and, doing and that's yeah. the inferiority of Spurs to Chelsea whereas mm. Jose doesn't have that and Jose went out and he, he thought I'm not worried about what Chelsea are going to do to us we're going to they should be worried about what we're going to do to them I'm going to put Rashford and Lingard on their back three and that this is how we're going to play and we're going to do damage to them whereas what were Spurs worried about we're worried about Moses 
So we're going we're gonna to change what we're doing a little bit. We're going to put Son on the left because we're hoping that he might put Moses back a bit more. And all that happened yeah. is that Moses played on the front foot and Moses just time and time again kept beating him. Speaking of man and, of the match, he was a contender for me. Yeah, and, but in what, and what happened though is that it's, it's interesting about when the penalty comes around. The penalty comes around at the end of the first half, at the end of a half where Moses just completely dominated him. Mm. And why does he dive in like that? Because he's scared of what Moses is going to do because what Moses has done for the, the mm. first We haven't, 40 we haven't spoken about the goals at all. You know, mm. uh, Willian opened uh, the scoring um, after five minutes. Uh, as you say, lovely little backflip from Batshuayi. Pedro goes down. Yellow card? A few people red calling. Card. You think, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was, was it? No, it wasn't. It was a yellow card. Pat Nevin on Chelsea TV yeah. screaming for a red card. I didn't. I didn't think no, it, it was. You know, no. um, beautiful free kick. I mean, really super free kick. I think nine free kicks that Williams direct free kicks now from his last twenty, his last 20 goals. Nine free kicks. Yeah, amazing. You expect it, don't you? Yeah. Um, and and then obviously uh, on 43 minutes just before half time mm. the incident you just spoke about Son crazy tackle in the box mm. you know uh, most probably went over a little bit easily but you know when yeah, you it do that you it give, wasn't, a, it you wasn't give, a penalty you give the referee something to, to, to think about it wasn't you? a penalty but then when you're Son and you put yourself in that position he can yeah. feel hard done by but then at the same time it's like look you're inviting that any player with any sense of you know any player of any clout is going to see well, defensive, that think, with any defensive thank, experience thanks for yeah. the invite you know it's like he's just Walked out, it, you know what? It's like he's playing cricket and he's left all his car keys in his clubhouse, and some Essex boys gone in there and you know nicked everything out of the yeah, car. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just inviting trouble, isn't it? I Gary is referring to an incident <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so was there at any point a moment that Batshuayi was going to take that penalty? Uh, he yeah. thought he was going to. Yeah. I know, because I even tweeted. Because I was down the other end. So yeah, I, I tweeted and said, Batshuayi's going to take this. And as I was looking down tweeting, I looked up and then William was there. And I thought, how have I got that wrong? I swear he had it. And then when I saw the game back, it was. And Conte, you know. Conte was right, though. The you, boss. You, you need experience in that situation. I was glad I was glad in, at that moment that Hazard wasn't on the pitch, because I don't like Hazard taking penalties. Oh, I, just, I, I just don't like him taking penalties. I agree. I mean, when, he, when, when they work, they're world class. Yeah. And when they don't, when he gives them the eyes and it doesn't work, it doesn't. I like, I like somebody who's going to smash it down the middle, which uh, it was kind of what William did, really, wasn't it? And then um, Hazard came on in the 60th minute and uh, in the 75th minute, yeah. ball popped out from a corner, edge of the box, crowd yeah. of players. Yeah. For once in his life, he took a shot. And the shot ended up in the uh, in the yeah. side netting of the uh, right in the bottom of the goal. Beautiful goal, I it's thought. Beautiful. It's the only shot. Is it his only shot of the game? Exactly. Well, his only shot. He seemed all season, you yeah, know, because yeah. I think we've been moaning. And that's a, that's obviously not true, but we moan that he doesn't shoot enough, don't we? Yeah, I, I don't know whether he's been listening to Fabregas. He doesn't say it in the the interview we had with him, but. Um, Subsequently, when he went and spoke to the papers, they were asking him about Hazard and he said, I, I keep telling him he needs to be more selfish and mm. there he was. But also as well, it's one of these bugbears that I've had ever since I've been watching football is that mm. so many players don't take a chance on the edge of the box. There's, you're putting a ball in the box, chance of it coming out on the edge of the box for you know, an, an opportunity like that. that you, know, you, you get, I, I don't know what the stats are. Naz is the stats guy. He'll probably be able to give <laughs> us a better, better insight. But the amount of loose balls on the edge of the box that players don't take advantage of and he He's there. You know, Spurs don't close him down. Bang, 3-2, game over. Well, that, that's part of his composure, really. He, uh, Antonio Conte said he'd never want him to change. He likes him as the, the team player that he is. Yeah, but they always get the suspicion that maybe there's more There's more inside there. There's so much talent you see, observe with him. And then in the 80th minute, ups pops Matic. Once Pushkas uh, award runner-up uh, to score an absolute screamer. There is no better goal than one that comes off the upright, is there, as it screams in. Yeah, you know what? Um, 
when this is how unprofessional, I know I'm being unprofessional here right now, being really partisan, but in the press box, because where we were sat, we were with the online and the, the foreign journalists. So I was a bit fortunate because when that ball came out to him, by this time, I'd, I'd, can I swear, I'd, I'd lost my shit, right? And I was, <laughs> I'd been bricking it all game. I had to go f- to the toilet at half time and relieve myself. <laughs> you know, my bowels just weren't having it. And uh, what happened? That was the Wembley field, I think. Yeah, no, and, and what happened is that ball came out to him and I just went, don't, at the top of my voice. <laughs> and these Spanish guys just all looked at me and they went in and I was like, Everett, get in there. And they just all looked and just started laughing. And because in the press box, you know, that is not the etiquette. That is completely against the, you know, the grain. You shouldn't be doing that. But I was just in bits by that point. And I just, yeah, I was like, don't do it. And when he did, oh, it, was, it was incredible. What a goal. I was right in line with it behind a goal as well. Arrowed in, right in line with it. See, that, that would have been the right view to have. Yeah, it was brilliant. 68 miles per hour it went at. <laughs> nice I saw you tweet that earlier. Yeah, nice yeah. Yeah, He said 0 to 60 quicker than a Ferrari or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Brilliant. But just, just on that as well, everyone said, oh, Matic doesn't do that. He did it last season against Everton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He you know, he's yeah. got it in his he's locker got, he's got, he's got, he has definitely got it in his locker mm. um, there's a brilliant uh, thing a little meme on uh, on Twitter as well where somebody's put the Alan Partridge oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. over the top he's of it he's got a foot like a traction <laughs> engine <laughs> somebody's put that over the top of it it works brilliantly listen let's just quickly do uh, some youth news uh, development squad drew 2-2 against Everton at home on Friday under 18s though uh, drew 1-1 against Man City in their FA Cup uh, youth cup final first leg last Tuesday second legs on Wednesday evening at the bridge tickets still available from the official Chelsea website uh, they've got a chance to win the competition for the fourth year in a row and I think uh, if they win if they win it and we win the FA Cup that'll be the third time that we've both won the FA Cup uh, I think they'll the be the first time. team to win it four years in a row as they, well. They, they will be the first team to yeah. win it first in a row. Uh, under 18s also beat Blackburn Rovers 2 1 uh, in the league at home on Saturday, despite going down to 10 men when Tariq Lamptey was sent off after 70 minutes. So, finishing up, two big games this week mm. one Chelsea v Southampton and one Crystal Palace against Spurs. Yeah. Uh, so, Chelsea v Southampton, uh, Southampton tomorrow night at the bridge. Let's have a prediction. Yeah. I'm going to go because I'm going to Stanford Bridge twice this week with Naz because we'll be there on Wednesday. I'm going to go for two Chelsea wins and Chelsea to spank Southampton 4-0 tomorrow. 4-0? No yeah. way. No and they'll way. win the Youth Cup by winning 3-0. I, I think they'll find it really difficult tomorrow. Really difficult. I think Southampton have 10 days. I really rate Southampton and uh, I think they'll, they'll have a plan for Chelsea. I think that they'll scrape a 2-1 win. Uh, they'll be tired from the cup game. They've put a lot into it. I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it being a walkover whatsoever. I'm they're going to be riding the crest of a wave yeah. and what's going to happen, sorry, because you asked about Spurs as well. So they're going to win that and then Spurs are going to be completely done <laughs> and they're going to lose against Palace Palace, Benteke is going to completely boss out of Eerold and the title is going to be the won. The adrenaline's still pumping from uh, Wembley <laughs> in you, isn't it? <laughs> but I think that the young lads will win definitely against Man City. I thought they, they could have won uh, at the mini Etihad in the, in the first leg. I was watching it and I was so impressed with them. What about, uh, the, what about Palace Spurs? Uh, Palace Spurs, yeah. Um, I think that I think that Spurs will win. I think they'll come back. I think that the title race is going to go right, right, right down to the last two games. I think it's going to be one nil win to Spurs. I, I yeah. think that Chelsea will beat Southampton, but I'm I'm with Naz. I think it's going to be tight. I'm going to go one nil. I think there'll be nerves. I think it'll be tight. I don't think they'll come out and attack us. I think we'll break them down. We'll win one nil. I think the young lads will win. I think the under 18s will win the FA Cup. I think with you, I think they'll win comfortably. Three nil. Bridges is always yeah. a, a good place for them to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and as Naz says, I think they should have won it uh, yeah. uh, more comfortably in the first leg. Palace Spurs a draw 
because I've always said it's the draws that kill you. Mm. And if they draw, the title will be ours. Mm. Guys, thank anyway. you so much for coming in. Really great insights from the both of you. Naz from gold.com, hey. not ESPN. <laughs> and uh, Gary from Bleacher Report, thank you so much. We'll see you again sometime. Thank you very much. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.